All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 
he wrote a good piece and had a chance to sit down with Leon Dreisaitl on the Oilers road trip. I want to talk to him about that. He's also a friend. So we've never had spec on the show. I figured it's a good time to, to bring him on, introduce him to the audience a little bit. He's sitting at the Detroit airport, got some time to kill. Why not? And also, I mean, spec is one of the big pieces of Ed, of the Edmonton media landscape. And yesterday was a tough day in the Edmonton media landscape. Obviously we talked on the show yesterday about John short passing away. And then we found out, I mean, pretty much right after we finished our show yesterday, Liam, that we had lost one of our own in Robin Brownlee, uh, 65 years old, man. I mean, it, it still is kind of like a little bit tough to, to wrap our head around, wrap our heads around here at the company that, that we don't have Rubes with us anymore. As you see a picture of him there with his boy, um, man, I, we, if you watch this show, you know, we love Robin Brownlee. We always enjoyed having him on, um, his honesty, his, he was a hell of a sports writer, but he was just a great dude, man. There, was, I love just sitting around and shooting the shit with Robin. So uh, we're going to miss Robin Brownlee. Yesterday was a tough day. Yeah, it was a, it was a crazy day. Very unexpected, of course. And we had Robin on the show a few times, and he he was a great guest. And I mean, I'm I'm glad we have the the story of when he called us out for asking him if Gretzky and Messier ever played together, and he. He didn't hesitate to tell us how wrong we were, which was, which was quite funny. And uh, I'm if sad day, like it's crazy. And listening to the to the real life episode yesterday, he really was a big reason, if not the reason. A lot of us are all here at Oilers Nation today. Like he was one of the first people to work for Oilers Nation, and he helped Gregory get on board and all that kind of stuff. If I'm not mistaken, so yeah, he'll be he'll be missed. And it's uh, yeah, it's just just a very sad day. A couple of days. Yeah. And if you don't know the story, first off, we did about a 25 minute episode of the real life podcast yesterday where we talked about Robin a little bit, but or talked about Robin the whole entire time. And again, Spec's going to come on and share some stories with us as well. But like Jason Greger, the nation's not where it is if it's not for Greger and Greger probably doesn't hop on board if there aren't legitimate people working for the company and guess what robin was the first and for a long time only legitimate media personality working for this company when it first got going so liam you and i aren't doing a show called oilers nation every day if robin brownlee doesn't take a phone call from from wanye and jay and if he doesn't agree to, to work for this weird little startup at a time when blogging was kind of just getting going and all of that like if Robin doesn't take that chance, I don't think the company's as successful as it is. So we're going to be doing our next few shows with our little RB up in the corner there. We're going to miss Brownlee a ton, both in terms of the website and the work he did, um, but also just having him on our team. So um, yeah, it, it's a bit of a tough one and it's not easy or anything to transition off of that. We're going to talk with Spec a little bit later on about the legend that is John Short and the legend that is Robin Brownlee as well. Um, Mainlander Tim summed it up really nicely and it's what we'll uh, we'll wrap up this topic on. And he said, you know, he remembers when Brownlee started writing for Oilers Nation, gave the company instant cred and 100% it did, man. We got to, you got to have an absolute legend of the Edmonton media landscape on our side for almost two full decades. And we're very lucky that we got that time with them. Uh, never easy to transition off of that. But knowing Robin, he would probably be rolling his eyes at everything we had to say about him already. So with that, Robin, we will move on to the hockey and we'll talk about hockey for you. And the Oilers, Liam, in what was kind of a polar opposite of the game against Chicago, Edmonton comes out, dominates Detroit, controls the pace of play. They even got goaltending. They got a big goal from Connor McDavid, all of that. And they still needed overtime. 
it was a tight one, but I give them full marks for that victory. Yeah, it was a it was a great game, wasn't it? Like it really, like you kind of got everything everything you wanted. And who would have thought Alex Lyon and and Calvin Pickard would give us a, a goaltending duel? You know, I think everybody had the over last night. But yeah, credit to credit to the Oilers for sticking to it for right till the end. I thought they fully deserved the win. And again, we've said this a few times. It's nice to see them win games in a variety of ways. It's, you know, like the last game, they were terrible and managed to come away with two points. Yesterday, they were really good and they scraped away with a 3-2 with a win in overtime. So this nine-game win streak, it's not been easy for them, but it's it's been, uh, how do you say it? Maybe built a lot of character of this team, I think, is a good way to put it. They're getting contributions from the stars and goaltending that you're not expecting. So I've, I've given full props. This team is this team is legit. Yeah, they are. And they are proving that here. It's What last night showed, Liam, is even when you have your pretty close to A-plus effort and you get goaltending and all of that, it's still v- very hard to win games in this league. So we should not be forgetting just how significant a nine game winning streak is. Um, And look at the stats over this run. They're outscoring the opposition by 21 goals. That is absolutely bananas. And yes, we looked at this stretch and the schedule and said, there are a lot of soft opportunities, a lot of soft opponents coming up for the Oilers. But at the same time, expecting them to get off to this start, even the most optimistic of Oilers fans, me and you, didn't see this coming. We had them dropping that game to Detroit. It was kind of like, okay, you, you know, you win eight in a row. You're probably due for a night where things don't go your way. And now you start to look at it and go, okay, against the Chicago Blackhawks, you didn't play well. Things kind of went your way a little bit. You still snuck out a victory. You have that game against Detroit where the bounces really didn't go your way and you still walked away with a victory. And now I'm sitting here looking at this team going, the way they're rolling, I have a lot of confidence in them heading into the Bell Center tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, look, like these first two stops they've had on this road trip are, are difficult places to go and play hockey games, no matter how good or bad the opponent may be. And going into the Bell Center is uh, is never going to be easy, but I think they've already played the toughest team on this road trip. And like we just said, like it maybe didn't go that way the entire time, but they were they were the better team. They just didn't get a few bounces here and there. But I I really like their chances going into to Montreal tomorrow night. Five o'clock star, right? Mm-hmm. Love a little five well, o'clock action on a Saturday night. Yeah, hockey yeah, in go. Canada as well. Uh, Oilers had not been good on Saturday nights this season, but they got over that hump with their win over the Senators last Saturday. So hopefully they can keep that run going a little bit. Uh, Let's get to our moment of the game for Alberta Blue Cross. Their travel insurance can protect you and your memories wherever your travel takes you. ab.bluecross.ca slash travel if you're looking for more information. And Liam, the moment of the game last night. Come on. It's got to be that goal from 97, right? Like Connor McDavid scooping it up. Timing the offside perfectly mm-hmm. to pick it up. Very Kale McCarr-esque. And we'll get a look <laughs> at it here. Like, I really did think this was going to be called back for an offside. It squeaks out. It's shot back in. And then look at McDavid just dragging his foot long enough to get back on side. Dangles through a couple of D-men. Alex Lyon was in the corner by the time McDavid slid that puck in. And then also, all business on the celly too. Like, job's done. There you go. Boom. Um, I love that top McDavid goal of the year or close to it. Great stuff. Shout out Jake Wallman for stopping the play. 
and claiming the offside. If you see it, he's literally just stood there with his arm in the air and just refusing to play defense. You can see him right there. He's just like, yep, uh, I'm assuming this is offside. So shout out Jake Warman, but also I'm pretty sure Connor McDavid would have just turned him inside out anyway. And just the way he's able to just oh, hold yeah. up. <laughs> it's so funny. And then you got more excited, just doing whatever he can to get back whilst his deep partner refuses to do anything. But the way McDavid is just able, like you watch the replay from above, Lion has the entire net covered. And there's like a little gap and McDavid's able to tap it in, but it was, that's what they needed. They needed that bit of magic from one of their elite players and they got it from the best of the best. And it was a massive goal from him. Uh, Davin in the chat. I saw McDavid mouth the words. They're not going to challenge on the bench after considering there was only 10 minutes left, man. I was really surprised that the Red Wings didn't just take a stab at challenging that thing. Um, But again, last night, Liam, we got some video review drama as the Oilers um, had one. (laughs) I will be consistent in my messaging. I will be consistent in my messaging that Zach Hyman goal against the Hawks I would agreed. I said Hyman interfered with his ability to stop the puck. But if that Hyman goal doesn't count, then how does that Red Wings goal count last night? Because it's kind of the same thing. Funny, because I I think the refs made the right call on this one. If I have to be completely honest, I, I think Pickard was was out of the net. He was he was too far out for me, and he. he it's silly because he he impeded with was it Christian Fisher I think his name is right whoever it was yeah. and I think his glove was like too far stretched and and with Marazic I think it was too close I don't know like I I just I don't think this goal should have been challenged by Knobloch I think it was very clear that it wasn't goalie it was goalie interference but not within the rule book if that makes any sense so he interfered with him but you're saying that because Pickard was out of the blue paint it counts yes. Because he's yeah. then impeding with the player. The player isn't impeding with him. Where I think the other night, Hyman was out of the blue paint and Morazic was in the blue paint, which I can see why it shouldn't have counted. But I I do think that Knobloch should have challenged the Hyman one and not challenged this one. So you're a little... Uh, you, you want the reverse of what we actually saw. Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, and I, I guess I'm not like super upset about it like I don't think it was an egregious call goalie interference is always just so 50 50 um but I don't I just felt like again Pickard was kind of making his natural movement to the top of the crease and got impeded with it I felt like there was a case there to be made but I do I do get what you're saying that his glove was yeah. out of the blue paint but the rest of his body's in the blue paint so it's just it's tough man especially when you no one knows what the rule is yeah I I think Pickard was interfered with. I think there's no denying that. Like uh, Fisher caught the glove of of the goaltender in Pickard. Yeah, that was it. Fisher caught Pickard's glove, but yeah. Pickard's glove was like he was barely in the blue paint. I can, I don't know. I I wouldn't have challenged that one. I'm more upset that they didn't challenge the one the other night because I think there was less interference on that one. But again, like. This there's one thing to consider in this is that the Oilers video staff is I don't know the names of them, but I believe they're like fairly new. They're new to the Oilers this season. So they're still trying to find the groove and all that kind of stuff. Knobloch is still trying to find the groove in his decision making and calling in calling those ones. It's obviously a bit of a team effort, but I don't know. That's not what the one I would have challenged. Especially like considering to the power play perspective of it all. Last game, like we said, 
You challenge that one on Chicago. You put out, what are they, the 31st, 32nd power play in the league? You put out the Detroit one. They've got some some legit weapons on that team. And it came very, very close to making it 2 nothing. if it wasn't for a, a good save by Pickard, a very subtle save by Pickard, but saved nonetheless. So I thought that was a, a very risky play. Uh, Darnell Nurse ends the game. Darnell calls game. Uh, McDavid and Drysaddle had a good look. Didn't finish. They hop off the ice. The second 3v3 unit uh, hops out there. And Darnell Nurse has a little bit of time. We're going to get a full little look at this here. I love the play from Hyman to be a little bit aggressive. And then Nurse with just some time to pick his corner does it. Um, Darnell Nurse, his sixth goal of the season, Liam, ties him for 23rd in the NHL amongst defensemen. He's up to 21 points on the season. He had a couple of shifts where he just totally shut down Patrick Kane as well. That was a great game by Darnell Nurse. And it just, we keep going back to it. I said it on the stream last night, but man, if you're still one of those people who is talking smack about Darnell Nurse, you don't know Puck. I'll, I will just be, I can, that is as simple as I can say mm-hmm. it. You don't watch the games. You don't know what you're talking about. And I'm not doing that to talk down to fans. I I know it comes off as harsh and ignorant or whatever. But, like, let's be real, man. If you have watched this Oilers team with any sort of close, if you've watched half the games this year, you know Darnell Nurse has been, honestly, their best defenseman. And I know Evan Bouchard's put up the points, and that's all great. And Evan Bouchard's been great in transition. I love Bouch. But what Darnell Nurse has done in his own end, playing top pairing minutes against top pairing competition, still getting it done offensively with six goals, scoring a big goal. Come on, man. He's a number one D-man. Let's go. Yeah, I think he's he's an elite player in this league. And unfortunately, he just doesn't he doesn't get the offensive like credentials to it, right? Because he doesn't play on yeah. the power play or anything like that. But you look at his numbers five on five. He's right there with the best with the best in the NHL. And this goal last night was great. And so uh, who was it there? I just pulled up. Joel said that's his fifth overtime winner. And oh, that Sally is actually sick. I hadn't seen, <laughs> I hadn't seen that since, uh, since right now, but he's been great. And now the Oilers have three defensemen who I think you can put out in any situation in Ekholm nurse. And I would say Bouchard as well. I think Bouchard's come a long way through from the start of the season to now and all different in their own, on their own regard. But nurse for me is, He's been the best. He is the best defenseman on this team. Second time he scored an OT winner since the start of the 2021-22 season. So he picks up another big one. The Oilers get a victory. And now the Oilers sit with 45 points at just the 38-game mark. Remember the points in this season where we were sitting there going, all right, and Frank was on. If they can get to 41 points in 41 games, then they'll be able to turn on the Jets in the second half of the season. Well, I mean, 45 and 38 with the schedule they got here in the next three, they could be at 49 or 50 points by the time they hit the the 41 game mark. And this team, they're going to cruise into the playoffs. And if they keep rolling the way they are, I mean, home ice in round one is is more than possible. Oh, most definitely. Uh, you can put this team up against anybody in the league and I they'll they'll give them a game right They're They're one of the best right now. Yep. And I can't believe how how much they've closed that gap between the LA Kings and like Vegas is kind of not someone pointing out a chat before. I think his name was David asking if the others had peaked a bit too soon. What I would say to that is they had no choice, but to peak because they, they wouldn't have been in there. And I think now them being on this role has shown 
the strengths and weaknesses of this team. It's very obvious where things need to improve, but it's also very obvious where the positive is. And I think goaltending is a positive. The majority of the blue line is a positive. The top six is a positive. There needs to be more from the bottom six. And you could argue, sure, if you want to improve on the right side of the defense, and yes, I would give you that one as well. But now Ken Holland is a very clear image of where he needs to upgrade as we head closer to the deadline. And I don't think this team's peaked. I really don't think they have. I think they have so much more to give. I mean, an upgrade at the deadline, like you got to think back to last year, right? Their best run was the final 18 to 20 games of the season when they got Matias at home, right? Is your camera, your camera's a little fuzzy? It looks a bit, it looks a bit blurry, doesn't it? Don't, don't wipe it with your finger. That's just going to make it worse, bro. Okay, let me get my, let me get, get that my sleeve in you there. You carry on. I All right, I'll, keep rolling, I'll keep rolling along. Their best stretch of hockey last season, Liam came after they got Matias at home. And mm-hmm. now the fact that this great stretch is coming before any sort of deadline ads have been made, I, I I think you're right. I think this is a team with greater potential than they had last year, just because there's the possibility they go out and add some key pieces still. So um, if Ken Hall and Jeff Jackson, whoever is making that decision come deadline time, Liam, I think they got to be really really considering last year, they pushed a lot in the middle. You give up a first, you give up Reed Schaefer, sacrifice Tyson Berry, who was a big part of that locker room. Sure. This year, I think you got to be thinking of doing more of the same. Like, I don't think just trading a second and a fourth round pick and doing a Brassard Kulikov type deadline. That's not going to cut it, man. They need to go for it this year. This is sacrifice. Another first sacrifice an Xavier Borgo or whatever you need to do to add one or two important pieces to this lineup. Cause they're showing right now they are more than capable of being one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. More than capable. And and the funny thing is, is they still have a Dylan Holloway to, to make his way back into the lineup. And really, if they wanted to, they, they could pay, play Lavoir a little bit more. I think Connor Brown actually was decent last night, but I mean, Hey, I think Lavoir could give you just as much as Le, uh, Brown or, or Yamar kind of every night. Right. So there's still a little bit of strength on this team that isn't there yet. So, I'm very curious to see what they do because they don't have a lot of money, but they have a couple of pieces they can move away from. I don't think Fogel is going to be that guy anymore. I think if they're going to move some money, it's going to be Cody CC, right? Yeah. Uh, but, but again, like that creates a big hole too, right? Like they would have to replace CC within that trade. It, you're sure. only doing that if it's an Ekholm style deal where there's a significant right shot addition and you go, okay, We'll sacrifice Cody Sisu, like again, to be playing top pairing minutes, making three point whatever he is, right? Like that's a good contract. So you need to be damn sure you're getting an upgrade if you're going to do it. Uh, Calvin Pickard stopped 15 of 17, was not busy last night, 882 save percentage, but full marks to him as well for his performance in Detroit. Uh, We are going to continue with this conversation a little bit later on, but we do have a guest joining us today on the Star Mechanical Guest Line, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company you can find out more about why they're called edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company by visiting them at their website starmechanical.ca mark specter from sportsnet was in the building last night as the oilers extended their winning streak to nine games and spec we're going to talk about the winning streak in just a little bit here but first wanted to start with some of the sad news we got yesterday uh we'll touch on john short in a bit but the oilers nation team obviously lost robin brownlee and that's a guy you would have worked with on the beat for the Oilers. Uh, maybe give us a little classic Robin Brownlee story and what he meant to the beat. 
<laughs> Classic Robin Rowley story. Uh, well, he was a re- he was one of these guys that couldn't just play fun slow pitch. He had to be really competitive at slow pitch. Right? So you're playing against girls. We're all a bunch of old farts trying to play slow pitch, but Robin's trying as hard as he can. Like he's sliding. (laughs) The guy slides in snow pit, slow pitch. Like who slides in slow pitch, right? Robin Brownlee slid in slow slow pitch. (laughs) But uh, you know what? That was what we loved about him. Like he came at you hard and he was intense and he mellowed a ton when he got older. But uh, it's just a shame to lose a guy. I mean, you work your whole life, you hit 65, you're supposed to get a few years where you're just kicking back watching your kids succeed and unfortunately for Robin he doesn't get them yeah it's a it's a damn shame we talked off the off the start of the show about how much he meant us here at the nation and when you look at the Edmonton media landscape as a whole you could argue not many people mattered to that more than John Short over the last handful of decades I mean just an absolute giant in the community and when you look at the state of sports media in this city it wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for John Short yeah, he was really the the paternal figure for a whole generation of guys, me included, right? He was here when we all arrived, you know, with Gregor and Brownlee and Spectre and a bunch of guys. Um, you know, and he, like, I was a young newspaper guy coming up. He was an old newspaper guy who already had a good newspaper gig, not just his radio show, but you remember he was the inside columnist at the end of the journal. And he could have looked at me like I was a young guy that might take his job one day. And I, I'm not saying I took his job, but I went in and did what he did. And I was an inside columnist and a front page columnist. And there's a lot of guys who would have been threatened by that, right? There's a lot of guys who would have kind of blocked the way and short just paved the way short made you feel confident. He told you how good your columns were. He, he there was n- wasn't a bone in his body that was protecting something that he thought was his and he didn't want to be yours in any way. Uh, you know, he was just a good guy, man, just a really good guy, a good long media guy. He did it all. If you can work for Canadian press, pal, you can work for anybody in the media because those guys work and they work fast and accurately. And short was an excellent CP reporter, ended up doing radio, ended up doing newspaper. He was your five tool player in the media business for sure. And the Oilers uh, go and they give, you know, people who were hurting yesterday a reason to smile as they deliver their ninth straight victory. Mm. You were in the building as they finished it off in OT. I said it was kind of like a polar opposite of the win over Chicago spec against Chicago. Mm. They got away with like their C minus game and managed to squeak out a victory against Detroit. That felt to me like the A, A minus, A play. It was in the A range if you were to grade it. And they barely won that thing. But I think they showed, man, they can dig deep when they need to. Yeah, you know, it's the old cliche about the end of a winning streak and how you don't play so well and you still get some wins. And you could say that happened in Chicago. But uh, I was watching to see how they'd bounce back. Was, or were you going to see a continuation, right, of a team that was ready to call or quits on this winning streak? And they came out, what did they have last night? 47 shots? Um, yeah. You know, they, they were very good. And they got, I'll tell you right now, it was a game full of turnovers. Uh, Detroit might only have 17 shots, but they missed the net on some absolute sitters. This game could have been two to three, nothing after two periods for Detroit. If they would have, you know, hit some nets and Pickard wasn't real good. So I'm not telling you that the Oilers won that thing for fun last night. It was an overtime win, but give them credit, man. They, they picked up their game that they dropped a little bit in Chicago they showed up with their A game last night, and it was it was almost good enough to lose. Turned out it was good enough to win. 
What did you make of the decision to to challenge the the Detroit Red Wings first goal, considering what happened only a couple of nights before when they didn't challenge the Zach Hyman goal that didn't count? Well, I didn't think that the Zach Hyman goal should be challenged. I thought that he was all over Morazic and he they were in the blue paint together and are at the very tip of it. And I didn't think that stood a chance. So obviously Knobloch didn't either. The one last night, you know, there's no question that the Detroit player skated through Pickard's mm-hmm. glove and did indeed, you know, inhibit him from making a glove save. Now, the referee told Pickard after, the reason we didn't turn that over is because you were standing in the white paint when it happened. So I think we'd all agree, you guys, when a goalie's out in the white paint, he, he, you should be able to nudge him and bump him and get close to him. I got no problem with that. So yeah. if you're going to live by that sword, I guess they died by it last night. I could, you know, Valblock said after the game, They'd reviewed, they spent the day before, I didn't know this, guys. They'd spent the day before, so it's that, the Wednesday, going over video reviews. They reviewed like a million of them to see what was getting okayed and what was getting turned over. The coaching staff spent a couple hours on that uh, on the Wednesday. So when he went into that review on Thursday, he said, I knew it was a 50-50 call, but he says, my PK has been pretty good. I thought, nah, why not roll the dice? I don't mind the roll of the dice either. Uh you're on your way from uh, you're on your way out of Detroit right now, I should say. But while you were there, you had a chance to sit down with Leon Drysettle and talk a little bit about a, a story that will become a massive story this summer. And it's the fact that he's eligible for an extension. Uh, people can read the full piece at Sportsnet.ca. We'll link it in the YouTube chat for anyone who hasn't checked it out yet. But Spec, maybe give us a, a little bit of what surprised you the most about Drysettle talking about his next deal. Well, I'm going to say nothing surprised me, and this is why. There's a script, right? There's a playbook for these guys when they hit free agency like this. And his agents, Mike Liut and Andy Scott in Ottawa, they they read him that playbook and Leon memorized it, <laughs> right? You know, don't say you want to leave. Don't say you want to stay, right? Don't give up any leverage. And I gave him every chance to say, I love Edmonton and I never want to leave. And he never took those opportunities even once. And it's not because Leon hates Edmonton and wants to leave, or it's not because he doesn't want to be an order. It's because that's what your agent tells you what to do, right? And that's what he did. So I wasn't surprised. Uh, I would have been surprised if he really put himself out in the limb either way, guys. And I don't think you're going to see that for a while. Liam, I know you got something you want to hit on with him, but I just a quick follow-up to that. So do you get the sense this is a guy in Leon Drysettle in his camp that want to make him one of the highest paid players in the NHL. Like we're not getting the Oilers aren't getting any sort of hometown. You, you we drafted and developed your discount here. Oh, and why would they, there's no discount coming. Yeah. He's given him a discount. He's been a mm-hmm. 50 goal, 100 point man winning a hard trophy at eight and a half million. Like they've had their discount, right? The, the Leon dry in his camp. They don't know the Oilers a dollar. So no, no, he gets full rate, whatever that rack rate's going to be. The only thing that I say that I would say that's changed my mind over the last couple of days is I thought that there was no way that he, I thought he's either, there's two things. He's going to sign an eight-year deal in Edmonton or he's going to sign a seven-year deal in some other place. I, I didn't think there was a middle ground, but I'm talking to some people the last few days and as the cap goes up, if you look at the NBA, guys sign like three-year deals there. And then after three years, they make their decision on where they want to play again. And they sign another three-year deal. They're making so much money, they don't need an eight-year contract, right? So I could see the possibility now that Leon Dreisaitl might go halfway. He might sign like a three-, four-year deal in Edmonton and then sign another one when he's like 32, 33 years old, wherever. 
Yeah, I mean, we've kind of seen Austin Matthews do that the last few years, right? I guess he's the example of it in the NHL. But uh, the other news kind of speculating around the NHL is uh, Corey Perry is now on the radar for a lot of teams. Do you, What do you think of that for as a fit for Edmonton? And do you think it's likely? Well, I, I guarantee you that Kenny Holland is all over it. Mm-hmm. Whether he gets them, I don't know. Whether Corey Perry, Corey Perry will have several suitors. He'll have five or six teams to pick from. So it's and none of them are going to he's, he's not going to make a bunch of money anywhere. He's going to be a cheap, a useful, big veteran on your fourth line right winger who's got tons of experience in his one Stanley Cups. He can play for my team any day. Yeah. Uh, you know, the will all get past whatever happened in Chicago uh, when he's helping you win a cup somewhere. So, yes, uh, they'll be talking to him in Edmonton. Will they land him in the end? Only Corey Perry knows that. Spec, appreciate your time, man. I know you're busy traveling around covering the team. So thanks for hopping on. Yeah, All right. Thanks, thanks guys. There yeah. you go. Mark, Mark Spector on the Star Mechanical guest line. Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. Big shout out to Spec for hopping in. Wanted to just pick his brain a little bit. Obviously, he's a guy. He's been in the media scene for a long time. Wanted to talk about Brownlee and John Short a little bit. But also, there is only one person on this show who has had a chance to chat with Leon Drysettle in the last few days. And that would be Mark Spector. It ain't, it ain't either of us. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sadly, no. Um, Although, Leon, if you're watching... No, you're a fan. Uh, we'll send you the link whenever you want it, big man. Well, I actually heard that the Oilers play this show on the plane when they're going from point A to point B. So, boys, good yeah. luck tomorrow in Montreal. If any of you want to come on the show and give us a little insight, feel free I anytime. I know Spec has whatever. Spec's got his haters, and I know he he probably loves his haters. Um, but my my response to the people who are sometimes a little bit too over the top in their criticism of some media members is. It's not that serious. It's just hockey at the end of the day. Uh, He did bring up something interesting, Liam, and it's going to become our Sherwood Ford giant question of the show. SherwoodFord.ca to find out more about their inventory of new and used vehicles. Also, find out more about their service department, which will keep your vehicle running in tip-top shape no matter what the weather is outside. It's cold as hell right now. Sherwood Ford Mm -hmm. can help 
help you out though. Uh, Liam, what do you think about the possibility? And this is the question of dry settle signing a two or three year deal with the Edmonton Oilers. Um, I think that's fair to be honest. I, I really, I really, really think we're moving into the, the player empowerment period. I think we want to, if that's how we want to label it, like we said, we've seen a little bit recently with like the cottage Gauthier stuff. I know there's a few layers to that, but ultimately he decided what he wanted to play. And I really think these guys are just looking at the NBA and being like, well, this LeBron James, I'm pretty sure for a few years signed one-year deals with a player option and just kept getting all his money and all his money. And the way things have gone where the cap is just going to keep rising and rising and rising because it was so stagnant for so long, I could see them signing, yeah, like four-year deals, these stars. And I think Austin Matthews is a big reason of why that will be in the NHL right now. And look, like these guys, like Leon Dreisaitl has his commercials and all that, right? He's making some money on the side now too. And I, I think... It, I wouldn't like it because I would like him to sign eight years. But from a player perspective, I, I think it's totally reasonable for him to say, hey, I want 14 million for the next four years or whatever that number may be. Yeah. Um, and, and here's another angle of it, too. If, if you're talking about Leon Dreisaitl, even from the perspective of him maximizing his earning over the course of his career. OK, when is let's say he signs. He's 29 when he's a UFA. Let's say he signs an eight year deal then. OK. You're 29 till 37. Even if you sign another contract after that, what's it going to be worth? Not that much. I know the cap will be higher and all of that stuff, but you're not going to be getting top of market dollar. Okay, if Leon Dreisaitl at 29 signs a two-year deal with the Oilers for $13.5 million a season, he's a UFA again at 31. Maybe he's got a nice piece of jewelry on his finger from some success with the Oilers. Maybe he's got some more hardware in his cabinets. And then he's 31 years old. You're going to tell me, even if he signs a three-year deal and he's a UFA again when he's 32, are you telling me there is any team in the NHL, Oilers included, who would look at Dreisaitl when he's 32 and go, I, we don't want to commit seven or eight years. Sorry, Leon. Like your, your market's only four-year deals. Not a chance. So if you know in your career you're going to sign two more contracts, a long-term deal at some point and a short-term deal, why not make the short-term deal in the heart and prime of your career when you're going to be making a ton of money and then when you're 32 and you're a UFA again, teams are still going to want to sign you. Teams are still going to want to make you one of the highest paid players in the league. And they're going to be okay giving you a seven or eight year deal because of what you'll give them in the first four. If you want to go from the perspective of maximizing your earnings, signing the three-year deal right now with Edmonton actually in a way makes a ton of sense for Dreisaitl. Yeah, yeah, it really does. I, I don't have a lot more to, to add to yeah. that, to be honest, Tyler. I, I think, too, like the label will be from a lot of people that Dreisaitl doesn't want to be here because he only signed a four-year deal. He signed for four years, hypothetically. Like, he, he would still be here. He's not leaving, you know? Yeah. Like, obviously, um, hey, I said it again. I'll say it again. We all want him to be here for eight years and the rest of his career. I think if he signed a short-term deal, it wouldn't be an indication that he doesn't want to be here. No, 100%. I think it would be purely from a business perspective of I want to make as much money as I possibly can. So the idea of a short term deal, I don't think we should be dismissing it as at all, especially when you see a Leon Drysaddle go out and do it. I'm surprised William Nylander almost didn't do that in Toronto. Just go and say, hey, I'm 27 years old. Two more years. I'll talk to you guys again when I'm 29 and I have a couple point per game seasons under my belt. Uh, let's get to a comment I really wanted to touch on earlier from Blake who said, how do I remove this channel from homepage? Unsubscribing doesn't work. They still pop up every day. 
Well, the show's called Oilers Nation every day, mm-hmm. so it's good that it's popping up for you every day, Blake. Secondly, don't care. Thanks for hopping in and boosting up our chat engagement. Um, also, uh, clearly you didn't unsubscribe because you commented in the chat. Also, that's a little bit of confirmation, Liam, that we are gaming the algorithm well. You can't avoid us. We are everywhere. <laughs> yes, at, one point when Spec was, at one point when Spec was on, I think we were at across all platforms north of 600 people watching the show so let's go inevitable uh all right Maynard Nugent by v how much money do you need anyways i get it hey, listen man i i do agree with you and i think sometimes we touched on this gregor's hit me with this on a couple of different shows but like when you think about your quality of life as an individual if you're leon Dreisel, if you're william nylander sitting there at the end of your career i mean like i made 108 million dollars or I made $98 million. When you factor in the percentages that you give to taxes, the percentage you give to your agent, all of that, first of all, that gap's not truly $8 million. It's probably somewhere closer to like $3 million. But how valuable over the course of an eight-year deal would an extra $1 million be to the Oilers or one and a half, right? Like for these superstar players, winning a ring should be way more important. I know it's rich coming from me. I don't make that kind of money. Newsflash, everybody. Liam and I aren't raking in millions doing this talk show. Maybe one day, but not now. Not now. Um, but it, it, it's rich coming from us, right? Because we're not in that perspective to say I'm going to take less. But there is a little part of me that's like, man, don't you want to sit there at the end of your career and have a mini Stanley Cup on your mantle and a ring in a lockbox somewhere and the memories of going on a run and having a parade? Don't you want to give yourself the best chance to do that? And maybe part of it is, you know, the fact that taking one and a half million less per year doesn't actually give you a guarantee you're getting that ring, right? So take care of yourself, let the rest fall in line. But there is a part of me that says, you know, if you're dry settling McDavid and you signed matching $13 million deals instead of Leon getting 13 and Connor getting 15. What that extra five mil doesn't that go a long ways in, in you potentially winning one or two Stanley Cups? So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, it does. I, I don't know why that made me laugh. I was not expecting that comment <laughs> to flow on uh, the screen. Rusolo is in and says, This is annoying. What yeah. specifically? The whole show yeah. is kind of annoying, um, mm-hmm. but you know. Phillips, and at least he agrees with me. A lot of you chiming in on the Booster Juice YouTube chat. Uh, Liam, I am one week away from being out in the mountains playing some hockey in the Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament, and it is brought to you not just by Tourism Jasper, but also by Booster Juice. Liam, they are powering Team Oilers Nation and also Teams Fl- Team Flames Nation at the event Ooh. as to bring the glory back to Oilers Nation. I hope I come see you next Monday or two Mondays from now with a nice big trophy wearing my jersey with a Booster Juice patch on it. We are fueled by Booster Juice, and you can be too. Download the new Booster Rewards app today to start earning berry points for delicious and nutritious smoothies, drinks, and food that will get you through the day. If you want more info on the hockey tournament, chehockey.com is where you can go. Big shout out to Tours of Jasper. They always treat us so well out there. Um, They put on a hell of an event. We're going to be doing a BOA watch party on the Saturday night as well. So uh, giddy up. We're excited. Mateo is in. Annoying. I love Oilers Nation every day, especially since I'm off work. That's all I have to do in my schedule during the days now. Well, we're happy to be a part of... Uh, Thank you. Happy to Here's be a part another of one. From Jamie. Don't listen to these haters. Best NHL team podcast in the league. 
Screw you, Organization Radio. <laughs> yeah, new episode of Organization Radio dropping a little bit later. Um, and you know what? Here's another good point and a counterpoint to what I said. That extra five mil gives management room to make some shit contracts once or twice, eh? And listen, that's another part of it, too. You might be sitting there if you're Connor McDavid being like, oh, yeah, I'll take a discount. So what? You guys can sign Milan Lucic again, right? Like that kind of thing. So I get it. I do get it. Um, bank and street cred. Hell yeah, Trevor. Hell yeah. Um, Dr. Copy, is that a banana? I don't know what the other word says on your shelf. It is a banana Lego, man. I can give you a little, little peek here. <laughs> oh, he's pretty cool. Sure. Yeah, he, he is very cool, Liam. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Jilly is in with one I want to get to. Agree with the thought of less money for a better team, but we also need players and teams pushing the cap. So Gary feels pressure to move the cap and grow the game. So the only part of this I wanted to talk about is the salary cap isn't dictated by Gary Bettman. The salary cap is a formula. They take half of the league revenue or what's expected, right? Hockey, half of hockey-related revenue split it divided by 32 that's your salary cap ceiling for uh for the next season right there you go yeah. it's yeah. not like gary bettman sits there and goes oh god i should probably crank this thing up a couple million like i don't know yeah he he can only do so much of it but i, I kind of agree with the point of like maybe it is good that players kind of push the cap a little bit too it's an interesting thing i've never really thought about it in that perspective California Oilers fans, sorry about the minus 40 boys. It's sunny and plus eight here, uh, blocked yeah. and reported. Uh, Mateo, Mateo is in and says, if we have questions regarding the BOA watch party trip, where do we ask the questions? Well, Mateo, I can try to answer some for you right now. If you missed it yesterday on the show, we talked about our friends at Backside Tours doing another one of their bus trips down to Calgary. Here's what you get when you sign up with our friends at Backside Tours. And the link is in the YouTube description here. So you can go click that. Also, big shout out to Oodle Noodle for helping us put this thing on. Backside Tours. You get luxury. It's a luxury motor coach that gets you to and from Calgary from a parking lot in Edmonton. You get a one-night stay downtown Calgary. Ticket to the game in Calgary as well to watch a BOA in person. So if you're thinking about going down to watch the game, you want to see the, the see Edmonton on the road, taking on a rival, don't drive yourself. Let them take care of the stressful parts for you. You sit on the bus. Usually they throw a movie on or whatever. Three-hour drive. You're there. You're chilling the whole time. And then you go to the game. Your hotel's all booked and taken care of. Our friends at Backside Tours take care of all of the heavy lifting. And we are giving away a chance for you and a friend to go on this trip on our Oilers Nation socials. So keep it locked on the Instagram, the Twitter, and the Facebook to find out about how you can get in on things with our friends at Backside Tours. And a special shout-out to oodle noodle john is in and says i will give you the foot of my bed i offered that to liam for the jasper for the jasper thing oh yeah shockingly didn't accept the offer i'll sleep at the foot of my own bed thank you very much yeah uh, Diz is in california oilers fan if you can be an oilers fan in kingstown you are a real fan in my books they are aggressive kings fans are yeah um Man, this Rusolo guy, he is on one. I'm I'm liking him because I'm in a mood to give in to the trolls a little bit today. Revenue sharing is a pyramid scheme run by crooks. Okay. I mean, he's, he's not wrong. I think we've all got sucked into a bit of a pyramid scheme once or twice. Yeah, we we all have gotten sucked into a pyramid scheme once or twice, Liam. <laughs> 
I, I was going to ask you to share. I've decided to not ask you to share <laughs> more about that. Uh, we need to continue moving along today on the show. Great job in the Booster Juice YouTube chat, everybody. Uh, rumor roundup for Finning Cat. There you go. There's a little bit going on, and we did get a question <clears throat> as I die. We did get a question about this earlier. Our rumor roundup is brought to you by Finning Cat. Go to Finning.com to check out their extensive inventory on new used and rental equipment to find the right solution to meet your unique needs. Let me just throw this out to you, Liam. Why is Kevin Weeks tweeting out pictures of Elvis Merzlikens and Jacob Markstrom with just a single eye emoji? What's going on there? Did he really? He I did, did not Liam. see that one. That is, uh, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't know why he would do that. How long does uh, Merzlik? Uh, Merzlik. Uh, yeah, you said Merzlik, right? Not Merzlikens. And who is the other one? Markstrom in Calgary, that's I, Liam. That's what I was trying to say. How long does Markstrom have on his deal? Two more years at six million bucks. He does have a full no move clause, so he has control over where he'd go. I think the interesting thing here for Calgary is if you're thinking about hitting a little reset button and you're going to trade Tanav, you're going to trade Lindholm, you're going to trade Hannafin. If you include Markstrom in that, in a year where the goaltending market is very thin, there will be teams out there itching to get their hands on that guy and probably pay a pretty good price to get him. You have Dustin Wolf sitting in the minors if you're Calgary. He's the best goalie in the American League right now, according to prospect analyst Stephen Ellis. Mm-hmm. If you're going to think about moving him, now's probably the time. Yeah, it is probably the time. And we've said it for a little bit here that Calgary probably want to change things up a little bit down there, right? So I wouldn't be wouldn't be shocked by that. What a random thing, though. That seems very, I don't know, out of the blue. I haven't heard that speculation before, but hey, I guess it's all going to start somewhere, but Weeks did say Atlanta was getting a hockey team too, so we can see what happens there. Yeah, and Rusty says Weeks is a master of trolling NHL fans with his cryptic tweaks. He throws a lot out there. Um, Mateo is in. I'm telling you, Merzlikens is coming to Edmonton. So if you missed it with Merzlikens, he kind of said he hasn't officially requested a trade or anything like that, Liam, but he did Mm -hmm. say he and the Blue Jackets have agreed to maybe look for a better fit elsewhere. He said he believes he's a starter. He wants to be a starter. Here is why I don't think he is a fit for Edmonton. A handful of reasons. One, if he thinks he's a starter, news, he won't be a starter in Edmonton. If you're the Oilers, what is the problem you have with your goaltending setup right now? Is you have a lot of dead money in Jack Campbell. He is being paid too much to be your third string goalie. If he was on the if he was on the Oilers still, I'd be saying he's paid too much to be your 1B goalie. Why would you go out and get Merz Lickens, who's going to come in with a cap hit that is $400,000 higher than Jack Campbell's? Why would you go out and acquire Merz Lickens to get another expensive backup in the mix here? And why would Columbus sit there and say, yeah, we'll take on Jack Campbell when they have Spencer Martin, who I think they're pretty fond of. They have Daniil Tarasov, who's their goalie of the future. Unless Edmonton's going to give them assets to make it worthwhile, why would Columbus want to give up Merz Lickens for Jack Campbell straight up. That's not going to happen. If you're the Oilers, why are you giving up prime assets to go get an expensive backup? Give up the prime assets, get out from Campbell, and enjoy the cap space. Don't go, don't kneel for Lucic this. I, I just don't even think, I think last night proved that goaltending isn't a priority now for Edmonton too, which is something I didn't think I would be saying like two months ago. I think the priority is trying to get rid of Jack Campbell, of course, but... Calvin Pickett's proved he's pretty good. And I mean, Stuart Skinner, I think you really just have to believe in that guy now. And I think the best way to help Skinner and Pickard 
is improve in front of them. That's what I would say. I think that's the best way to do it is just go get your third line center and maybe another depth forward in, in some way. And I think that's a good way to, to help those guys. I don't think the best way to help the team is to bring in a goalie like Miss Lickens. Uh, Squishy is in and says, main thing is to get out of the Campbell contract, really. And here's the thing. The Merzlikens contract is just as long, three more years after this mm-hmm. one. So it's just as long and it's more expensive. And he's 29 years old and he's also wildly inconsistent. So why do you want to sign up for that long of a contract? The Campbell buyout is better than the Merzlikens buyout as well. So I don't want to touch it from that perspective. It's not like yeah. the Neil for Lucic thing made sense because one, get a guy who can maybe benefit from a change of scenery. And Luke, Neil had a good year, technically scored 20 goals, according to the NHL. Um, and then Neil's buyout was infinitely better than Lucic's buyout. Merzlikens buyout isn't good. It's 1.1, then 1.6, then 2.9, then three years of dead money at 1.75. I don't want that. I have no interest in Merzlikens. Mrazek, sure. Give me Mrazek because he's done after this year and you can run with, uh, with Rodrigue and Skinner next season. I'm not signing up, especially with Rodrigue playing the way he is. I am not signing up for three years of an inconsistent, expensive back of Merzlikens. It makes no sense. There's another layer of this, too, where I don't think the Oilers need project pieces. They don't need to have the experiment of, oh, can we make Elvis Merzlikens better? They don't need that. They're in a position to, to go win a Stanley Cup, and they need to find legit players who are going to help them immediately. And Merzlikens probably isn't going to do that right off the bat. The only thing I can think of is, and Riley said, you know, Merzlikens contracts has negative value. It's what makes it a realistic swap for Campbell. The only way I'm doing this is if it's a three-way trade, Mulek brought up Blackwood. If there is a scenario where San Jose says, we like Merzlikens, Columbus goes, we will take assets to eat Campbell. And Edmonton goes, we want Blackwood and we're willing to pay to get him. If you can do that, and there is some sort of a trade where like, San Jose gets both Rodrigue and Campbell, although you might be hesitant to give up Ollie Rodrigue right now, but San Jose gets Rodrigue, Columbus takes Campbell, the Oilers get Merz, uh, Blackwood, sorry, and there's some weird swap here. Merz Lickens and Rodrigue are the new tandem in San Jose. They have their young guy of the future. They got an asset from the Oilers to take on Merz Lickens. Sure, they like that duo. Good for them. Columbus gets a couple of assets to take on Campbell. They can run with Tarasov and Spencer Martin, keep Campbell buried in the minors. Edmonton gives up Rodrigue. Tough, but you have Blackwood and Skinner for the next three seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I I wouldn't be against it. I think the Rodrigue thing is interesting just to see how he can kind of continue to develop and see how legit he is at the end of the day. But yeah, I wouldn't hate a, a Skinner and Blackwood duo by any means. Yep. And I like Pickard right now. I thought he was good again last night. So if Calvin Pickard just keeps giving you good starts, what are we worried about? Yeah, yeah, it is truly. All right. Uh, continuing along with the show, let's get to the menu for our friends at DoorDash. Here's what's coming up on the content slate for us. New episode of Oilers Nation Radio dropping in a couple of hours this afternoon. Tomorrow, Aaron and I have pre-gaming four o'clock right here on the Oilers Nation YouTube. We will get you set for a potential. Oh, man, this is this is exciting stuff, Liam. A potential franchise record winning streak for the Edmonton Ooh. Oilers on the line tomorrow. Aaron and I got you with pre-gaming at four. Aaron's on post-gaming immediately following the final buzzer. You won't want to miss it, so you need to subscribe to the Oilers Nation YouTube. Tonight in the NHL, quiet one with just two games on tap. Tomorrow, though, it is a full 
and loaded slate, which means if you're like me and still alive in the daily face-off Wendy's survivor pool, you'll be getting your picks in tomorrow. Tomorrow's the last day for this week. I'll be looking to go a perfect four for four. I'm locking in Vegas over 33 and a half shots. I think they're playing the flames maybe. Um, either way, I like Vegas to ramp up the shots on goal. I'm tempted to take Nino Niederreiter to get a point too. That's actually not a bad one, but I might pivot. Might pivot to Nino Niederreiter, but shout out to Wendy's in the Survivor game. Shout out to DoorDash. For a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and use that promo code up at the top of your screen, Nation25. All right, Liam. All right. What else do we have to do today? I thought we were doing our NFL thing. Ah, for our friends at Betway, it is NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. And you know what we're going to do? Because we're all big football guys on this show. Let's go Bills. Let's hope they can come through with a big dub on Sunday. I got the lines pulled up courtesy of Betway. We are going to pick all six games for NFL Super Wild Card Weekend against the spread. And we're going to do a little pick them challenge between the three of us. Where's Aaron? Aaron. Is Aaron here today? There's Aaron. I'm here. Aaron's here. Okay, so we are doing a little pick them challenge here. I am pulling up the odds for Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Come on. Come What's on. What's the first game? Uh, Browns, Texans. Oh, sick. Joe Flacco. Brown. I know that people love our football talk, but we love football. So Super Wild Card Weekend is my favorite weekend of like the sports schedule. It's fantastic. Okay, here we go. Uh, Aaron or one of you guys is going to go back and keep track of all this so we can uh, know how we did on the weekend. But the first Eli, one, I write them down. Yeah, Eli, right now. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland taking on Houston. It's in Houston, but the Browns are two point favorites. Aaron, I'll let you go first here. Who are you picking? I know I might be a little bit crazy with this because everybody's in love with Joe Flacco and this redemption story. I frankly think he still turns the ball over way too much. I like CJ Stroud and that Texans defense can turn it over. I like the Texans with the spread. You said it's plus two for them. I'm yep. riding with the Texans. CJ Stroud, Cinderella story continues. Liam? Uh, I'm with Aaron. Houston plus two. Oh, God, we're going to be so lame. I no, okay, I'm going with the Browns. They beat the Texans handedly. I'll give me Cleveland minus two. I do think Houston puts up a decent fight, but uh, Cleveland minus two, that defense as good as it is. I'll, I'll take the Cleveland Browns in the Joe Flacco redemption arc. Miami, Kansas City at six o'clock on Saturday night. Chiefs are at home. Chiefs are four and a half point favorites. Liam, what are you picking? Chiefs are four and a half. Yeah. That game is going to be very cold. Um, I think Miami. I'm going to go Chiefs. I don't know want to go this way at all, but I'll go Chiefs four and a half. I don't think they'll win. I think the Chiefs are going to win too. And four and a half is a little bit bigger of a spread than I would like, but I'll still go with uh, Kansas City minus four and a half. Aaron, what do you know? I, ch- I changed my mind. I'm going Miami. Plus four and a half. I think Kansas will still win. I just don't think anyone's going to be able to do anything. So I think the game will be like nine, six or something stupid like that. All right. Liam couldn't agree more. I am going with dolphins plus plus there on the spread. I do think the chiefs will win the game. Dolphins are frauds. They also can't play in cold weather. They're always down in South beach. I don't think they have that aspect. 
I do think the Chiefs win, but the Dolphins keep it close. I think it's a field goal game, and that one's going to come down to like the last play of the game. So here's why I don't uh, why I like the spread is because if it's windy and the snow's coming down like crazy, they probably won't be kicking a lot of field goals. I think this is a game that's going to if the weather does suck, it's going to end like 14, seven or 21, 14, because they're just going to be going for it on fourth down instead of kicking field goals. So I do think a, a touchdown separation is still possible. Steelers bills. Easy one for me. Bills minus 10. What are you guys taking? I'm riding. I'm riding with you. I know I'm a Patriot fan. But as you know, Tyler, I got down a Super Bowl future 35 to one for the Bills on Betway. So I'm riding with you throughout these entire playoffs. Honorary Bills Mafia. Next season, completely different story. The Bills are way too good. They remind me of like the New York Giants years ago who just get hot right before the playoffs. They've been playing playoff football for over a month at this point. I think they're ready to go. Josh Allen, he might throw three picks. He's still going to throw three touchdowns. Doesn't matter. Liam Steelers plus 10 Oof. without TJ Watt. This, the spread okay. is the spreads big it's in the weather. It's a big spread. I think the bills will win, but that's a huge spread. All right. Uh, we got to speed it up here as we rip through these green Bay Dallas, our boy Gavin's going to be waiting nervously. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Cowboys just roll over them. I think Jordan Love's been a great story, but this green Bay's team, green Bay team isn't ready to take uh, the next step. Give me Dallas minus seven, Aaron. I'm going with Dallas as well. They they don't really beat good teams. I know the Packers are in the playoffs. They are technically a good team. I agree with you. They're just not ready to go yet. I think their secondary could be picked apart. And Dak's been having one hell of a season. I, I think that's I think that's who wins. Liam, Packers seven. Packers plus seven. All right. Taking all the points. Yeah, hey, taking the points isn't a bad strategy. Uh, Liam, your Detroit Lions hosting Matt Stafford and the Rams. Mm-hmm. I'm going to roll with Lions minus three. I think the Rams are just, they're becoming too sexy of an upset pick, and those picks never hit. So give me Detroit minus three. Liam, I'm assuming you're in too. Yeah, uh, it could be Detroit minus 25, and I would pick Detroit to hit the spread on this one. Yes, Detroit minus Aaron? three. I'm the odd man out on this no, one. Nice I'm one. sorry, Liam. I don't want to say it. But I think Matt Stafford's coming into Detroit and absolutely ripping hearts out of chess. The team's too good. Puka Nakua. It makes you forget about Cooper Cup, how good Puka has been. I think the Rams, another team playing playoff football lately. They're getting ready to roll. They're hitting their stride. Uh, last game, the Monday nighter, Eagles Bucks. Uh, everyone is sitting here talking about, oh, the Eagles are banged up. The Eagles have been playing bad football. The Bucks are also banged up. The Bucs have also been playing bad football. They couldn't score a touchdown against the Carolina Panthers last week. I know the Eagles have been struggling, but give me Philly minus three. Aaron, where are you going? Philly minus three. Bucks. This game is only minus three? Yeah. yeah hey. I agree oh, with you, Ty. Man. They couldn't score a touchdown against the Carolina Panthers. I understand the Eagles defense is kind of a shell of where it was earlier in the season. It's the Eagles. It's the Eagles all the way. Liam. Uh, yeah, I don't care how good or bad the Eagles have been. Minus three is it's crazy. We're riding with our boy Frank Saravalli. Uh, okay, there you go. That's our NFL preview for the weekend. It's it's a big sports weekend. Oilers in action, NFL playoffs, all of that stuff. It is uh, going to be good. Liam wrote them all down. Good job. Way to put that notebook in to good use. Uh, the Oilers are looking for a 10th straight dub tomorrow. Pre-game and starts at four. We'll chat with you then. Shout out to Mark Spector, Sherwood Ford, the rumor roundup for Fitting Cat, DoorDash, Wendy's, Portobello Mushroom Melt, back for a limited time. Betway, backside tours. Again, tickets stop being sold on Sunday. So if you want to go 
with our friends at Backside Tours down to Calgary to watch the game. You need to get your tickets by Sunday. Link is in our YouTube description. Booster Deuce Tourism Jasper, everybody in the chat who was excellent throughout the week. I hope you all have a good weekend. Stay safe in the cold. Help somebody out if you can. That's a wrap. See you on Monday. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.